the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today, the Tuesday edition. I can't be honest. If there was a pillow here in the studio, <laughs> I would lay down. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm sleepy. It's 4 I was, o'clock. See, I was so sleepy yesterday because really? of the time change, which doesn't make any sense because I got more sleep than normal. Today, I'm fine. What? But you and I have switched places. Yesterday, you, you were raring to go. Um, I watched I, that game. Okay, listen. I fell asleep, as you knew I would. Oh, come on. You knew I would fall asleep. You knew I would. And I woke up as soon as the fumble happened. <laughs> like, while the fumble, while the mm, ball was being mm, released onto the turf, the field, yeah. that's when I awoke. And oh. I was like, what is what? happening? Oh, yeah. And then, of course, I had to stay awake for the end, and then I was wide awake. Of course. Uh, yeah, a little adrenaline. Seriously, I was I was so hot. I was thinking, uh, that's what kept me awake, anger. I thought, if I'm staying up this late. I know, and they lose. And they lose this in game. In this horrible way. Right. And then I couldn't move because I had a bag of chips and a bag of barbecued <laughs> Fritos and a little tub of hell of a good dip in my little belly, and I, I could not move. And I also had a cherry soda. Just to top things off. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you really have all those things? <laughs> I'm not making this up. What do you think I'm doing this for, like, you know, everyone's enjoyment? I don't like know. My, uh, Christy, my what did you get on the way home? Multigrain chips. Wait, you mean like sun chips? No. They're like, they're tortilla chips. Oh, okay. But they're multigrain. All right. What's up with multigrain? Is it like cheating? What's it? It's healthy chips. It's healthier. Oh, it's a healthy chip. Healthy go. chip. Healthy. He, he's opposed to any healthy chip. I okay. noticed. Healthy I figured I was going to get, you know, made fun of for it. It's sure. fine. And I also got guac. Okay, well that's that oh, makes yeah. it up. Yeah. That makes yeah. it up. The balance is it up. And what did what did you drink with that? Adult beverages. Mm. Oh, she with had an adult S. beverages with an S on it. I, I shouldn't have said the S. No, oh, that's, no, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> Just one that, that adult beverage. That makes it sound very bad. Well, there you were at home alone. I mean, you know, you, you need an adult beverage when I, you're home yeah, alone. Yeah, and you know, my upstairs neighbor uh, texted me at the end of the game and said, I can hear you like I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> what, you were chewing? No, 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 I was yelling at the yeah, TV. Good. Of course you were. Yeah. Oh, see, your landlord was, texting you at midnight is not a good sign. Is, is not, I no. made popcorn at 10.30. Okay, all right, mm-hmm. that's not bad. I feel good about it. What'd you have on it? Uh, the white cheddar like oh, popcorn the spread, Mrs. Uh, Butterworths or whatever. No, that is. no, no. It's like a. I got it on Amazon. It's like you get like a, a selection of popcorn toppings. Uh-huh, it's like in a shaker. Yeah, it's very good. Where'd that come from? You have no idea. That could be filled with like carcinogenic chemicals in some factory somewhere, and they're just shipping it out as popcorn topping. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You got to know where your sources are. Right. That's you, why you, you can't go wrong with chips and dip. You just had a good dip last night. What do you think's in that? I know where it comes from. I'm not saying that you know it's healthy. I'm just saying I know where it comes what from. What about the cherry soda? Oh, yeah, that exactly. was good. That, that's not good. Wait, you excellent. had like a Cherokee red? Uh, no, it was even better than that. Uh, my wife bought a four pack of some kind of, che- and she was like, "Here's a special treat for you." And I was like, "Oh, that's sweet." I was like, and I just had one. Man, it was good. It was so delicious. 
Was it in a bottle? Oh, yes, <gasps> it was. That makes it even better. It was in a cold, ice-cold bottle. And the chips and dip. I mean, I was like living like, like a king. <laughs> My life is like so... You know what's good? <laughs> the The news is that Thursday night, another party because Pitt's playing, North Carolina. Oh, so well, I can't like repeat that same thing. That's a once-in-a-season thing. All right, Seriously. Take me out of here you in a make, wheelbarrow. You can, you can make popcorn at 1030 if you want. <laughs> Maybe I do a popcorn and feel good about it. That's okay, all. let me do this. Okay. <laughs> Please. I'm begging you. <laughs> you don't want to hear my snack update to start the show? <laughs> anyway, uh, Kathy uh, gives us the that. top news stories of the day. So as we always do, Kath, please give us the top four mm. at four. Yep. <laughs> okay, that's it. Thanks for <laughs> tuning in today. For Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. Okay. Number one. A California man, John, wanted by the FBI for taking part in the January 6th Capitol riot, is seeking asylum in another country. Really? Mm-hmm. What country? Belarus, a former Soviet country ruled by authoritarian leader Alexander Lukashenko, according to a state TV report. I don't think it's worth it, all I, that effort. I, well, I think it's pretty deep irony. He's like the freedom fighter, right? Mm-hmm. And he's taking... To a communist country. Right. He's uh, seeking asylum in one of the most authoritarian countries on earth. Evan Newman is 48 years old. He was placed on the FBI's most wanted list in March, charged with six crimes related to the insurrection. Uh, In court files, the FBI said that Newman, he sounds like a nice guy, he spent four hours at the Capitol and verbally and physically abused police officers. Newman. Exactly. Including forcefully shoving a metal barricade into a line of officers before breaking into the building. He'll fit in well in Belarus. I mean, Lukashenko's the one that, you know, brought down the, the plane. Is that a felony? That? He's fel- felony charges? Oh, yeah. That's okay. why he's yeah, on the he's FBI's done. most wanted list. When do I get out of the country? Uh, it's a long story okay. that included him going to Ukraine and then walking through a swamp really? to get into Belarus because Ukraine was going to extradite him Is to the U.S. Is he married? Does he have kids? No idea. Had a job? Don't know. A life here? Don't know. Gone forever? He says he's innocent and he's being politically persecuted. Well, then he should stay and fight. Exactly. But instead, he's in Belarus. Number two. You may have heard, John, that we can expect some Christmas supply chain issues, which will mean that some toys will cost more or maybe won't be under the tree at all this year. But now Santa himself has become a variable. Apparently, there's a 121% increase in requests for Santa because, of course, people didn't come out for because of COVID last year. But there are about 15% fewer professional Santas. That's not that big of a deal. 15%. You're the one who loves Santa. I love Santa. I played Santa. So why do you think it's not a big deal? Well, it's only down 15%. I mean, just double up. But there's a 121% increase. So that means that the 15% means a lot more. I can't imagine, like, you know, what, you're going to go to Macy's and and there's no Santa? Are you devaluing the top four at four? (laughs) You asked my opinion. (laughs) The Wall Street Journal, John, which seems to have more authority than you. Says the shortage may be in part due to those Santas wary of close contact with young kids, many of whom will be unvaccinated. Oh, if Santa shows and, up with a mask, and I'm Santas lose my mind. are a little more sensitive because of their age and portly nature. Oh, oh, so he's underlying conditions. Exactly, for Santa. oh Santa. Mm-hmm. The upshot is that uh, Santas may have new bargaining power. Um, depending on the event, pay is about ten to twenty-five percent higher. Good, right. go Santa. Number three, remember the O. 
Oh, did I forget the O? I spent many a happy moment. Me in, too. In the and they and most of those moments started at about three in the morning. <laughs> anyway, it's going to take two eateries to fill the empty space of the O. Um, Capriotti Sandwich Shop, which started in Wilmington, Delaware, opened on Monday on Forbes Avenue. Will you visit? I I'm a little sad about it. I don't know if I will. Viva Los Tacos, which will serve Mexicali street tacos and margaritas, is set to debut later this week. Hmm. How do you feel? I, I, I'm just kind of curious. I'd like to go visit. Okay. Will they be open, like, you know, on a Friday night? Well, at I don't 3 know. At 3 in the morning. Well, I mean, That's the question. That was the if they're not, the then why? What's the point? What's the point? Um, the former original signage is being restored to help preserve a piece of the eatery. Will it be, like, at the Heinz History Center? I don't know, but I think it that's really be. cool. Yeah. Number four. And. The Steelers won last night in a Monday night game versus the Bears. Survived, really, is more like Survived. it. Survived, yeah. Uh, I was 29-27. Uh, Joe Rudder wrote an article in today's trip that had some interesting factoids. Can I share them with you? Please. The game-winning drive at the end, uh, when we all had, like, we couldn't, we thought we're never going to sleep after this, because what could happen? What if we lose to the Bears, is what we were saying. That was the 50th of quarterback Ben Roethlisberger's career, tying him with Tom Brady for third place on the all-time list. Really? Isn't that great? How about when you saw Ben run for it? I know. I thought I could beat Ben. I know. I, in a race, I got him. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Ben finished with 21 completions and 30 attempts for 205 yards, sacked four times, but most importantly, no picks. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? And by the way, that's your top four at four. Oh. But I have other factoids. Are we doing those now or you want to do no, them No, I'm doing them right now. Okay, go. Pat Frymouth was eight years old and Najee Harris was nine when Mike Tomlin won his first game as the Steelers head coach. Wow. Wow. Okay? wow. And, are you ready for this? This will freak you out even more. The last time the Steelers lost on a Monday night, Ben was nine. Yes. Go Steelers. That's fabulous. Also, last night was Mike Tomlin's 150th victory, mm-hmm. which vaulted him past Bill Cowher and into sole possession of second place on the franchise's all-time regular season wins list. Chuck Knoll, of course, is at the top with 193. So he's uh, 43 games to tie. Chuck Knoll. He'll do it. That's cool. I think he'll do it. I like it a lot. Bill Cowher tweeted out something nice As, about uh, Tomlin. Congratulations? Yeah. Yeah, good. Basically said, you know, Chuck's waiting, so keep going. I like it. It's a like small club, is it not? Yeah. We almost lost to the Bears. We did. But we did not. I, it's and that's hard the to, bottom line. You know, all I can say is it's it's bad when you feel that horrible after a win. That's yeah, not a good sign. People. It wasn't good. But I'm wearing my Steelers shirt. In support thereof. Fabulous. I feel good about it. Excellent. All right, we need to go. When we come back, kids need both affection and authority. We'll talk about exactly what that means in our homes and I guess in our heads. Also, a lot more to come in the 5 o'clock hour today. How to disagree well, especially between Christians. Is that possible, John? Maybe. 101.5 WORD. God blesses everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for 2022? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas. God bless us. God bless us. Sign up to win now at wordfm.com. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Should I refinance or should I just ignore all these annoying commercials? Here's Uncle Ryan. 
I think of one friend in particular, he refinanced maybe three or four years ago. He got a very good interest rate at the time. And he's like, should I do it again? I don't want to be bothered with the hassle. And I looked into it. He originally three, four years ago did a 30 year loan. And with rates coming down over the last couple of years, we actually ended up putting him into a 20 year term. He cut about six or seven years off his mortgage and his payments stayed identical. Over the long haul, he's saving tens of thousands of dollars. And is it worth it? The answer is every single situation is different. So it's definitely worth it to look into, even if you have refinanced recently. Not only that, it might only take you personally an hour or two worth of work throughout the entire process, and we handle everything else. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents and Doug. And we're back with Limu, Emu, and Doug for the final question. Category is things you climb. All right, Limu, what do you think? You sure? We're going with Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Oh, so close. We were looking for stairs. Huh. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 liberty. I'm a 40-year-old man that walked in there to get his high school diploma. It was very hard for me, but Miss Araceli, she gave me direction. At age 47, Marco finished his high school diploma. 50% of getting your high school diploma is walking through those doors. The other 50% is doing the work. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. You're raising kids. You are learning the skill of balancing, right? Yeah, Time. for sure. Energy, emotion, wisdom, how does that all work? How, to when, a, when to speak and when to shut up. Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, how do you how do you counsel? How do you engage? How do you love your children? Chap Bettis is back with us. Chap is the author of The Disciple-Making Parent, a guidebook for raising your children to love and follow Jesus Christ. Also, Parenting with Patience, Overcoming Anger in the Home. He's executive director of the Apollos Project, a ministry dedicated to helping families pass the gospel to his to their children. And uh, Chap, welcome back. Uh, the idea of kids need both affection and authority, that is a balancing act, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, I mean, I, I think they're really two foundational uh, uh, principles that we keep in tension because uh, on the one hand, God has, God has made us uh, the authority in their life. That's not a power trip that we're on. Um, That's for their good, that they will learn to submit to authority and and bring them blessings. So authority, uh, certainly there's authority has been misused, but authority uh, is created by God. And yet at the same time, uh, we also, like our Heavenly Father, who has authority and affection, uh, we also want to sh- for them to know that we love them um, and have emotional connection with them. So, yes, it's, it's, it's a balancing act to keep both of those uh, together at the same time. So, Chap, 
I, I brought up before you came on knowing when to talk and when to shut up, which I think is probably uh, attached to this, that you can't really separate one from the other. Um, because sometimes the authority element we tend to want to over, or at least I felt like I, I needed to overemphasize verbally when I don't think I really had to do that. I think that was implied and maybe the affection part I needed to verbalize more. I don't know. How, how do you think about that? Well, it, it, I guess it depends on the, it depends on the age of the child that we're talking about. And, and often when it comes to authority, it may not necessarily be by wor- words, it's by action. You know, the Lord gives us two tools, bring up your children, in the training and instruction of the Lord. So those are two tools, uh, words and action. Um, and so, you know, part of the way we exercise our authority is through consequences, uh, you know, that boundaries when they're young, routines, that type thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, every so often with my teenage son, you know, and, and then young guys feeling their feeling their uh, <laughs> feeling their age, I'm like, uh, hey, I'm the dad of this household. So yeah, sometimes you need to verbalize it. But I, I think a lot of the ways we exercise that authority, being comfortable, is through action. And and on and on the other hand, with with words, uh, as they get older, it's almost like sometimes kids need two types of parents. When they're young, our words are words of instruction. But as they get older, they're words of a counselor asking asking questions, trying to figure out what's going on um, in their heart. But, yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways with our words we can express affection. We can tell them, you know, we love them, we're on their side. Um, Ultimately, even as we're trying to deal with a problem, they are not the problem. The the sin is the problem. Mm -hmm. And so we we can put our arm around them literally or figuratively, and say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to whip this procrastination. So, yes, it's another night. Your homework's due tomorrow. You're not ready. Let's come up with some consequences. But you know what? We're going we're gonna to train you so that uh, we, we get a handle on this procrastination problem. Chop, I remember being a, a young dad. My kids were in Little League, and, you know, you're hanging out with uh, other dads. And, you know, and as this guy, I was aware and, th- and thought, that guy's a really good father. The way that he speaks to his kids, the way that he encourages his kids. And then, you know, yeah, I often think about this, about, you know, the, 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 the skill of what it is to learn how to be a good, an excellent parent. Uh, it always surprises me. You know, I, I grew up in, a, in a, I think, a really stable home. I had good parents. My parenting skills were probably fair to middling, which I think probably most parents would, you know, identify with. Fair to middling, kind of learning on the job. And I always kind of thought, like, you know, after the fact, my kids are, are, are fairly grown, although I'm still uh, obviously engaged in their lives. But I wonder why there isn't more of an intentionality in a societal way to talk about what it is to be a good parent, to raise up a generation, and that everybody in some way had the same or at least engagement of the same skill set. What do you think? Yeah, man, I, I mean, that's the whole thing. I don't, I, I don't understand either. So why, and, and again, thinking about as Christians, why on this most important task do we think, oh, I don't, I don't need the instruction book or, no. uh, you know, God, God's given us these children. They're not just babies. God's given us eternal souls to shape. And so when we're starting out, you know, I wanted all the help I could get. And I, I think, you know, pride sometimes comes in like I should know how to do this. And it reflects on me, my identity. If my kids do well, then, uh, you know, then I'm a good parent. If they don't, then it reflects on me. But Hey, God's given us sinful children, <laughs> sinful children. And, uh, you know, all of us just want to be, um, 
you know, be the best parent uh, we can get. And I also think part of it uh, is we we don't realize that in this process, God is going to shape us. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. we think, oh, we're going to shape our children. Mm-hmm. Yes, we should. But now you get to go to part two of your sanctification, where you're actually, God is showing you what's in your heart and, uh, you know, how, how you need to grow. Yes, how you need to grow. Chad Bettis is with us, author of The Disciple-Making Parent, a guidebook for raising your children to love and follow Jesus Christ, and also Parenting with Patience, Overcoming Anger in the Home. Um, yeah, so what about the what about the patience element? Um, you know, you mentioned that our us being parents is part of the sanctification process that um, Jesus is mercifully taking us through. So it's kind of like, in a spiritual sense, we're growing up along with our kids. And um, that gave me a lot of humility when my kids were at home because I'd think, you know what, we're both, you know, she might be six, but I am, you know, spiritually six. And, you know, we're both kind of learning together. What about you, Chap? Does that kind of change how you look at parenting or how maybe, I don't know if it can give us hope or give us a sense of, I don't know, like I said, overwhelming uh, humility. Yeah, I mean, I think humility, that's a great, that's a great word, and just the sense of responsibility. And yet, at the same time, I think there should come, if we're seeking God's word, we're seeking God, godly counsel, you know, uh, God has given this child to you, to me. I mean, he knew what he was doing, uh, and entrusting, entrusting that child um, to you. So, yeah, uh, and, and as far as patience, I, I know I've talked to a number of patients, parents who said, yeah, I thought I was a pretty patient person until I had children. Yeah. And then, then that, brings out, no. that brings out part, part of me that uh, I didn't even know was there. So that's actually why I did it, the video series, uh, Parenting with Patients, which, by the way, I'm happy to get, give your listeners the videos if they contact me. But the reason, the reason I, I did that was it came out of study for myself. So this is my issue. This is not a hy- hypothetical issue that I'm just kind of like, oh, what, what should I do? Now, this is, this is I, w- I wanted to get a handle on it uh, in the home because I, it, it's destroying my witness to my kids, you right. know, and I just I wanted to get a handle on it. Uh, I agree. I mean, I, I, that's that was the common theme, you know, in our family raising kids. Me trying. Let, let's go, everybody. My brother, my brother, whenever I had kids, he would say, John. A man's family moves like an iceberg. And I, I thought, that's pretty good. I mean, I, and I would lean on that often. But always, you know, I was the guy who was like, you know, rushing out the door, you know, sitting in the car, everyone, let's go. And that was like such a silly thing for me to do. I, the patience thing, I believe, probably for most people is the Achilles heel. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, but yes, and I, I think God wants to grow us in that way. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Um, and yeah, I think one of the unique things uh, in that study is that I argue uh, that anger is both a friend and a foe. And by that, of course, a foe, we need to fight it in a deadly way. But in the friend way to say, okay, I've got a problem here. What, what sort of solution can I come up with? Uh, you know, so in your case, I had the same issue trying to get everybody out to church or out to an event. So, you know, I, I started, uh, you know, started saying, okay, you know, 10 minutes till we leave when the truth was, it was actually 20 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's those things like that where we say, I can't get angry about this again. What can I do the next time it's going to happen? Cause it will. 
It will. Right. And then, you know, you get angry, then it just kills everybody's joy when you're trying to go and do something. And like, what the heck point was, what was that all about? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Chap, tell us about your family. Uh, my wife and I have been married for 33 years, and I have four, four children now, uh, 30, 28, uh, 26, and 24. So if you do the math, uh, 2010 was our teenage year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, 19, 1917, 15, 13. Uh, so whatever stage we went through, we did it uh, intensely. Yeah. Yeah. And so and with that, I mean, all of a sudden, because then people know you, oh, there's Chap Bettis. He's the guy who's the parenting expert. I mean, for your kids and for yourself, there had to be all kind of weird pressure around that. Well, I don't know. It's, it was more figuring it out as we went along um, and saying, and, and, you know, the great thing and the way th- this ministry came about is that we had a, a community of, of uh, that, that we were, we were searching the scriptures together. So, and we were learning together. We, a lot of us had a kids, our kids that are about the same age. So if you, if you said that to uh, my congregation, they are my former congregation, they would laugh because I'm just, you know, I'm just chap Bettis. But it really is trying to take the, I think it's time to trying to take the scripture and apply it to this uh, very important task. So in, in some ways, a lot of uh, some of my materi- material, a lot of my material is not new so much because, I mean, these ideas, sure. I mean, I stand on the shoulders of giants, but we're just applying them in the home because I think a lot of times we don't, we're disconnected. We know truths about the Bible, Christianity, and over here is my family. Uh, and we don't ever connect those um, those two. But yet, I would say the hardest place to live out the gospel is in our home. There, our children and our, my spouse is my first neighbor. So, yeah. uh, you know, love your love your neighbor, forgive your each other. Those those apply in the home. Fabulous. Yeah. So, so chap, you made a reference that if people want some resources, you're, you've got some resources for people. Yes, absolutely. So if they'll go to the disciplemakingparent dot com and use the contact form. We give. I'm happy to give your uh, your listeners the audio book for the Disciple Making Parent Thank away you. for free. Fabulous. And then uh, the videos for the Parenting with Patients. We all also uh, give those away as well. Really, just we want to we want to get the word out and bless bless families. Disciple Making Parent. Is that one? That's that's one word. Any dashes in there? That is one word. No dashes. Okay. The Disciple Making Parent dot com, or you can just Google my name, Chat Bettis. Okay. And hopefully it'll it'll come up. All right, for those of you who are listening, I'll put that on, on social media. Excellent. So if you want to uh, interface with uh, Chap, then you have all the stuff that you need. Very nice, Chap. Always a pleasure. Real pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for being Chap. with us. Oh, thank you guys. Love what you're doing. Thank you. Kids need both affection and authority. Chap Bettis, Cass said you put that link up on our Facebook page. You're so inclined. Please go there. Take a quick break. Come back. Thanksgiving dinner is going to cost more. As the world changes in an era of crisis, families throughout America are experiencing instability, fear, and great loss. While many are searching for answers in places of desperation, the position and mission of the church has never been more clear. It's time for us to leave the buildings and saturate the streets with redemptive hope and the love of Jesus. Saturate USA is a movement of churches and believers across America, uniting as one to reach every home with the love of the gospel. At saturateusa.org, you and your 
church can join the movement by adopting a zip code and receiving free neighborhood maps and evangelistic materials, including Jesus Film DVDs with free online streaming. Simply mobilize your volunteers, assemble your saturation packs with free materials and your own church's information, and then send out teams to distribute to homes. Let's partner together and see every zip code in America adopted for Christ. Join the movement at saturateusa.org. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Lowe's Provember event is back. In celebration of pros, we're offering special values on top tools to get any job done right. Head into Lowe's and check out the largest selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories. Right now, you can get a guaranteed tough DeWalt 20-volt max bear tool free when you buy a DeWalt 20-volt max drill or impact driver kit. Shop in-store or order online. Lowe's, the new home for pros. Valid through 1-5 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. U.S. only. Are you interested in helping people with addiction? Do you want to help others through private practice counseling? Waynesburg University offers a 100% online Master of Arts in Counseling degree, as well as a Ph.D. in Counselor Education and Supervision. Visit waynesburg.edu. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Well, here you go. Happy Thanksgiving. Yay. Great. Hey, Mom, there's grumble in my gravy. And complaints in the cranberries. Discord in the dessert? Honey, what's going on? Oh, I guess I forgot to add the most important ingredient. Thankfulness. Why don't we each take turns adding some? I'm thankful for my mom and dad and brother. Thanksgiving tastes better with The Thanks, a message from Focus on the Family and this station. We'll see an evening shower in places for tonight. Otherwise, expect partly cloudy skies at a low of 46. Partly sunny tomorrow, another pleasant day on tap with a high of 58. Thursday will be mild. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. You can expect rain at night. Thursday will reach a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Shopping for your Thanksgiving meal. Apparently things again, the, the supply chain. This is like the new the new catchphrase, isn't it? The supply chain right. issues. Remember when I used to hate like free range? Right. Yeah, no, now I now I hate supply, supply chain. chain. Okay, so uh, apparently everything's in short supply. I don't know. I don't know how, if this is true or not. I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. Of course, you'd think that they would be on the know. Turkeys apparently are in very low stock. Uh, by the end of October, turkeys were over sixty percent out of stock. Oh no, sixty percent. That's not good. What are you doing? Are you doing a? Oh, you're not no, doing a Thanksgiving. I'm not you're doing, doing Thanksgiving. The, you're doing hibachi. I'm trying to find. Can you guys let me know out there if there's a hibachi that's open near you? Some kind of What's Asian a restaurant. You know, like a Japanese. Food, you know, where you, someone's going to cook you something really cool on a hibachi. You don't know what that is. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, is it like you know, um, you all sit around a table together and yeah. the guy's throwing stuff in the air? Yeah. 
Or some hibachi, you know, some places you go up, you pick out your food, and then you carry it all up in raw right. form, and then someone cooks it for you. Well, you can't find a place that's going to be open? Well, I don't street? know. Normally, when we've done this in the past, it was because we were in another city, right. and we weren't able to have a Thanksgiving dinner. Now you don't but now a- I'm going to be in the city, but I'm not going to have a kitchen. You don't have a house. So... Right. Okay. Well, so then you don't have to worry about a turkey. I would suggest Springhouse, just a little sidebar. Yeah. Cranberry sauce is in low supply. Uh, cranberry sauce, there's a 20% decline in cranberry sauce. Make your own cranberry sauce. Oh. Just get the cranberries in the produce aisle. I'll give you a recipe. It's so super easy, and it's so much better. You'll mm. be so glad. Boxes of I stuffing. I use the word so a lot. So. Boxes of stuffing are low in stock. Well, don't make uh, a box of stuffing. Mm-hmm. Refrigerated pies are low in stock. Box stuffing is not worth it. Stuffing is also a thing that's pretty easy. Well, you know, if people people are just a little shy about making... How yeah. often do you make stuffing? Once a year. Once a year. Right? So you pick, I don't know how to do that. I'll just go and do stovetop stuffing. I get that. Oh, I, I could give you a recipe for stuffing. Right. It's so easy. Put that on Facebook. Okay. Aluminum foil is in low supply as well, apparently. Aluminum foil? Uh, it's in the what? supply chain. It's stuck in a container somewhere off the coast of California. What? I don't know. And uh, also, um, if it's going to cost more this year, so you can save money by downsiz- downsizing, rethinking your traditions, be flexible, and nix the things that only people, you know, like someone says, oh, my Uncle Charlie, he's the only guy who eats minced meat pie. Well, Uncle Charlie, no minced meat pie this year. Okay, how about this? <laughs> creamed onions. Oh, please. Nothing creamed. No creamed corn, mm. no creamed onion, mm-hmm. nothing creamed. Mm-hmm. You're doing creamed stuff? Oh, you're doing the hibachi. No, I'm not doing anything. But listen, when I was growing up, my mother would always make creamed onions. Just for Thanksgiving. Just for Thanksgiving. And it would like the, the it was so pungent it would wake me up. Yeah, I'm and sure. not in a good way. Did you eat it? No. You didn't have to eat it. Mm-mm. Little pearl onions you'd put in no there? No thanks. Forget it. Yeah. Creamed corn. 101.5 Word FM W O R D. This week on a new beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie launches an encouraging series called Refresh. It's a look at those foundational precepts that will allow us to enjoy the refreshment of a life in harmony with God. This week, our focus is on prayer. Tune in for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is Windows R pittsburgh.com with today's technology anyone can take a video but getting it ready for prime time that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle here at salem video we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock with your raw footage we can produce great looking videos for your social media podcast website and even live service element from text animation visual effects transitions logos music and more here's where we put it all together what can salem video do for you ask gm brad marshall at 412-503-4770 
velvety paper feel, exquisite colors, stunning scale. At Staples, we sweat the details and quality of every print project. Stop by Staples and try our print big promise. We're committed to getting your print job right, to treating your small business like a big deal, and guiding you from start to finish. Get 20% off signs, banners, and posters when you spend $75 or more. Offer ends January 1st. Visit staples.com slash services slash printing for details. Staples, where small business prints big. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. We have talked about death row and what it is like for inmates to be executed, what those final moments are like. Now, depending upon your view on capital punishment, capital punishment, life, your pro-life situation, dignity, right? Everyone, these are very justice. strong opinions about all this. John Burch is with us. John is vice president of Appellate Advocacy for Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, this case is just before the Supreme Court as of today. Now, ADF early on filed a brief, but they are not driving this case forward. But John is here to talk to us about the particulars. John, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, okay, so the Supreme Court heard arguments today in the case about whether uh, Texas has to allow a chaplain to pray audibly and be able to touch a prisoner during an execution. Um, now, executions in Texas, as I read, is the na- nation's busiest death penalty state, but they've been delayed on, while the court uh, considers the question. First off, how long would it take for the court to consider this and then to come up with a ruling? Well, typically the court takes a couple of months after oral argument to put together its opinion. Uh, That can be a little shorter. If there's unanimity, it can be a little bit longer. If there's concurrences and and sharp dissents. Some of the court cases are pretty complicated. Uh, For example, the the Dobbs case that they'll be hearing on December 1st involving Mississippi's 15 weeks pro-life law. Um, I would expect that to take a very long time. Uh, But one like this case involving the pastor in the execution chamber uh, I would expect this to be you know, roughly three or so months, give or take. I see. So, John, can you tell us the particulars of this case? Uh, someone's being put to death, uh, probably by lethal injection, right? And then there's a pastor uh, who is um, in the um, execution chamber, wants to pray and wants to lay hands on someone as they're being executed, yes? Yes, that's correct. And in the past, there was a constitutional question about whether a state even had to allow a pastor to be present in the execution chamber. And the Supreme Court resolved that a few years ago and said, yes, you have to allow the pastor to be in there. Now the question is whether the pastor is allowed to do anything once they're in the chamber. Um, In this instance, uh, Texas told the inmate that the pastor wouldn't even be able to sing a hymn or pray out loud audibly or read audibly from the Bible, uh, as well as not laying hands on uh, and so that's kind of the crux of the dispute. I see. And and why would Texas disallow uh, hymns or or prayers or the laying of hands on? What, how does that interfere in somehow with the uh, process? Well, Texas has two arguments. Um, the first is that anything that a, a pastor might be doing in the execution chamber could somehow interfere with the execution itself. 
Um, that, that's a hard argument to sell, I think, with respect to praying audibly or singing a hymn. When it comes to laying hands on, um, you know, they might have a better case because you're allowing an unknown third party to come in, and it's possible that they could do something to disrupt the execution. Sure. Um, the second thing Texas is saying is that uh, prisoners are using appeals like this to try to delay their executions and that the court um, shouldn't allow that kind of delay to be inserted into the, the legal process. Um, but I think if the, the court issues a clear opinion so that all the rules are clear for everyone, I think any interest in economy, if that's what you want to call it, um, could be satisfied, as well as religious liberty rights be respected. And there's a long history in the United States of allowing pastors to speak, pray, sing audibly in um, execution chambers. In fact, the federal government routinely allows that. Uh, so at least with respect to that part of it, it would seem highly likely that uh, a strong majority of the justices, if not all of them, will conclude that Texas's policy here is unconstitutional. John Birch is with us, Vice President of Appellate Advocacy for Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, we've spoken to several people about this case, and um, from the pastor's perspective, um, he spoke to us about how he this is not a relationship that he had prior to John Henry Ramirez you know, being in prison. It's not like they were friends before uh, the incident happened. Um, and so he's. it's been a relationship that's developed over mail, basically. Um, and um, But he feels a, a responsibility as someone who believes in Jesus, as someone who has witnessed for um, for Christ to this man and has developed a relationship with him that he should continue that up until the very end. Um, so from your perspective, legally, you, you said you feel like the, the justices are probably going to, um, going to support this idea. From your perspective, is there anything that would get in the way of that? Um, well, I, I think based on the questions that they were asking at argument today, um, the concern didn't seem to be so much with whether speaking, praying, singing during the execution would disrupt officials in any way, which, as I mentioned, is kind of the first consideration, where the, the justices seemed to have more of their questions directed at the, the prisoner's counsel was on this delay problem that we talked about. Okay. Uh, as it is, death penalty legal proceedings go on for years and years, uh, sometimes well over a decade. Um, and the, the state officials claim that they have a, a government interest in um, if not speedy, at least efficient uh, completion of the legal proceedings so that they can go forward with the execution. Um, so I, I think what the, the justices are going to be looking to do is draw some bright lines about what the religion clauses protect in a situation like this uh, so that there's enough clarity that you can't have repeated last-minute appeals that result in legal delays. Mm -hmm. Well, John, uh, thanks for being with us. Take a minute, please, and talk to us about Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, we, we admire the work that you do. You've been on the front lines uh, in helping religious causes, uh, Christians in the, uh, the workplace and uh, throughout society navigate to what it is to, to engage in a society that necessarily is, is not friendly towards believers. But uh, we appreciate your work, so tell, t tell us about it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, as you know, is the largest public interest law firm in the world, protecting life, protecting speech, protecting religious liberty, protecting parental rights. And the, the need for our services are greater now than ever before. Uh, we never charge our clients a, a dollar for the work that we do for them. We rely entirely on the generosity of ministry friends who will uh, pay so that we can go out and continue to keep the doors open for the spread of the gospel. 
Uh, if you haven't heard about us before, you've certainly heard about our work. Uh, Jack Phillips, the master cake artist who had his case in the Supreme Court, was one of our cases. In fact, that's one of over 60 U.S. Supreme Court victories that we've achieved over the last roughly 30 years wow. uh, during our existence. And so uh, we're going to continue to fight for the rights of every individual, family, religious organization, and church to be able to freely spread the gospel at every opportunity, no matter what federal, state, or local government officials might desire. Fabulous. Well, John, thank you so much. We certainly appreciate and admire the work that Alliance Defending Freedom is doing. So thank you. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You as well. John Burst, Vice President of Appellate Advocacy for Alliance Defending Freedom. We're talking about prayer during execution and the uh, Supreme Court looking at those cases right now. Take a break. Come back. Why do people hate cats? People don't. Yeah, I, there are, of course, there are a lot of people that hate cats. Holy smokes. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. Pittsburgh.com. With today's technology, anyone can take a video, but getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. Hi, we're Katie and Ryland Weber, the founders of Convive Coffee. For more than five years, the heart of Convive has been to serve our community by sharing life and great coffee together. Sourcing beans from around the world, Convive Coffee samples and roasts right here in Pittsburgh. Come visit your local Convive Cafe at Adam's Shops in Mars, McCandless Crossing, and Butler Street in Lawrenceville. We hope to see you soon at Convive Coffee. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now. But if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. 
to learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year and to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Hold on now. You were just, as we were exiting out, you were saying, why do people hate cats? And I'm like... What? That's pretty strong. I, there are people who hate cats. Well, there, there are people who hate everything. Yeah, you're right. That's, and they're all over social media. <laughs> you know, it's just that, you know, it's an angry world. I think a lot of dogs, like, I like dogs. Like, dogs are great, but cats are mean, or cats are indifferent, or well, cats, cats are... Well, cats are so mysterious to people, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so I t- I've told you this before. My mom, growing up, she never yeah, wanted a cat. She never wanted a cat. We had dogs coming out of our ears. Right. Who was the first dog you had? The Cindy. One, Cindy that had the tumor. Yeah. Okay. We were talking about Cindy the other day, my sister and I. Yeah. Okay. Dragging herself down mm-hmm. the street. That's anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Uh, don't bring that up. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> to bring up Cindy. Sorry to bring up Cindy. Okay. Uh, my mom thought cats were like weird or something. And so well, I didn't care. I mean, I, I like cats, but we never sure. had a cat. Yeah. But then after everybody left the house and my sister had kids, her kids wanted a cat. She got a cat. My mom went to visit his grandma. She loved the cat. She was converted. So it's, As it should be. Whatever. I mean, the bias of people, grow, you don't grow up with a cat. You don't know a cat. You know, they hiss at you. They yeah. kind of run away. They're sneaky. I remember her saying that. Cats are sneaky. <laughs> Sneaky? What, what are they sneaking from, Mom? No, I don't know. Some chores? Is there a chore something they've got to do? Well, I, I can they're not assure doing chores. you that they're not going to do a chore. No. So, but do you think, I mean, I, I remember like growing up with some, like, I'll put these in quotes again, bad kids in the neighborhood. Who were so. They would mean, do bad things yeah, to cats. cats. Yeah. And I, and that, which I was despise like all those of course, people. They're horrible, I despise horrible, them. horrible, horrible. Animal cruelty is like the absolute it worst. It is the worst. So. I don't know. Do people hate cats? Some people do, yes. If you but hate I'm, cats, I want you to think about opening your mind to a different option. Well, this is not like a PETA thing you're doing here. No, I'm just saying. You're reading. You're going to read a good story about cats. Oh, right. Okay. That's, <laughs> after I outed my mom. <laughs> after I threw Mom, Grace. Grace Hall, I love you. No longer with me. Insane cats are sneaky. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mom, let me bring up this little news tidbit to cat. <laughs> Okay, so a woman fell and injured herself six months ago. She moved into a care center. Her daughter noticed that she was, you know, not engaged, right? She's in a managed care facility. She said, my mom was really sad. So uh, this woman, Estelle Nicole, had a cat who had kittens. Oh, and she she brought the kittens? Can you allow to do that? Well, apparently Estelle Nicole did. And she, you know, at first she said, I'm going to sneak a little kitten in. Like, you're going to sneak a kitten. Can you imagine trying to sneak a kitten? Their little claws are like razor blades. Right. You'd be like sitting there going, ah! <laughs> you know, how are you, mom? Ah! Everything's good. Yeah! Anyway, she snuck a cat in. The roommate saw the cat. All bets were off. Well, she was she was mad. Before you know, no. They were like, let me see that little baby kitten. Because the kittens were like less than two months old. <gasps> oh, my god! They were little tiny baby heads. So then the roommate took the cat. She started petting, loving the cat. It made its way around. So then it, the administrators, of course, oh. found out about it. Before you knew it, nine cats in the litter showed up the next day 
and they started making the rounds of the managed no care way. facility. And the administration a little upset initially. Then they saw the the patients kind of like snap too. They weren't withdrawn anymore because they were engaged in these little animals. It became a thing. After they after the cats grew up, then of course the local rescue they started to bring animals around. Now all of a sudden you got cats and dogs at the managed no care way. facility. Yeah. That is so great. Right. I love that. So see, no one's hating a cat there. Oh, so do you bring a litter box in with the cat? Like, what do you? It's kind of something you need to bring along, right? I would think so. I would hope so. All of a sudden, you know, right? I mean, the dogs are trained. What do you think the cats get a free pass because they're cats? Well, I'm just concerned about it. Yeah. Well, that's a good story, John. How about, how about the uh, the cat the thing that I saw recently? The cat rooms. I'd love to go to a cat room. I've never been to one. Neither have I. But I've this been... is something new. I've not... right, right. So the the cat rooms are you know you go to a place. Sometimes they're associated with like a tea room. Where you can get tea and snacks or something tea and like pee. that. Yeah. Tea. <laughs> anyway, you're sitting there sipping your tea, and there are all these cats What's around you. Right. There are all these cats that are you know kind of hanging out or whatever. They might come over and say hi. Maybe they won't. Yeah. Maybe they'll be sneaky. Maybe they won't be, but it just kind of allows you to hang with cats. Yeah. If you love them and you're not able to have them, say you live in an apartment and the landlord says no way, or like a good friend of mine, you're considering getting a cat, but you're not sure yet. So you kind of want to see, A, am I allergic to them? B, how do I respond to them? What would that be like? You know, as soon as you walk in there, you're You're, done. You're You're done. Or I'm going to go. My friend Dan ended up with Lady Elaine. See? Mm Mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna go to. We're just gonna go look. At, my mom would say, "We're just gonna go look at the dogs." Right. Well, you're gonna. No go one's gonna go dogs. look at the dogs as soon as you walk in well, the place. Well, I went to look at cats at Animal Rescue League, and I didn't find any. I went twice. What? I mean, there were cats there, but I didn't feel like a bond. Really, really. Yeah. So I got my cats on Craigslist. Oh, that's like the most difficult. My thing cats to do. think that they were extremely expensive, so don't tell them. Mm. They think that we spent thousands of dollars on them. There they were. They they don't know that they were free on Craigslist. Who gave away cats on Craigslist? A lady. Now you do this thing. We the, we we got a cat. How about this? When did rescuing become like like you know a badge of like social oh, honor? Yeah. Oh, is that a rescue pet? Oh, and it if it's not a rescue pet, then there's something wrong with you. Oh well, you know you get five gold stars because you're like extras. When we were growing up. Everybody, it wasn't a rescue pet. Well, you went to the pound. <laughs> right, whatever there was. Oh, now it's not we're... like anybody's going to like oh, a breeder here. Oh, you're like, a, oh, you're, you're a saint. Really, I'm uh, prayers for you because you're rescuing a pet. Come on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where'd that, you get Spark, the cat? That's it. Good. When we were, when our kid was, our kid. <laughs> when my beloved son. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. When my little boy, my kid, he was little. And this was this is how long ago it was. It was in the age of the penny saver. Mm, Remember the penny right, saver? Sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. So I'm, literally, he was four years old. And there was a little kitten picture in there. that you know, And the cat's name was Yoda. He tore it out, <gasps> folded it up, and put it in his pants pocket. He transferred that thing for weeks. I was like a little kid. Anyway, he said, can we get a cat? So we contacted these I don't know who it was. We met them at a pet store, Petco, and they okay. took us to a side room, and then there was this cat, only one cat, Spark, 
the Sparkmeister, mm-hmm. and they we and we have to sign all these papers, like a little background check going on sure, there. Sure, because they're not giving Spark away to just I anybody. I mean, holy smokes! You know, again, the old days, we're just you know we got a cat. Right now, there's a lot of things that are going on. Sure. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I mean, because you don't want to have some crazy Spark person. Spark was great. Get, oh, Spark, Spark was the freest animal in Spark the universe. Spark was large and in charge. He was like the king of his domain. Mm, he was large and in charge. Else. Anyway, it it's good to rescue pets. It is great to rescue pets. Not that it's like, you know, you're knighted or you're sainted no. or something. I've had four cats in my life, and all of them have come from Craigslist. <laughs> How about that? All from Craigslist? Uh-huh. What? So you didn't have to, like, sign any papers or anything like that? Nope. Or, like just someone said, I got some cats. Come mm-hmm. and I got get some them. cats. And so and it worked well, out well. Worked out great. Wait, that old, old cat of yours? Mm-hmm. He was like 20. Mm-hmm. From Craigslist. Craigslist. No, no. There, there wasn't even Craigslist yeah, then. I think there, yeah, there was. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, no one's hating cats on this show. I'll tell you that. If you are, you're in trouble. Take a break. Oh, this is a five o'clock hour. Yeah. Okay, we're coming back. What are we talking about? Oh, Portugal. Portugal makes it illegal for your boss to text you after work. Do you like it? Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Department of Justice asked the court to lift an order blocking President Biden's vaccine rule for businesses with more than 100 employees. The Biden administration said it has a legal authority to mandate COVID-19 vaccines or tests for larger companies, and that the GOP-led states and businesses challenging the law have not yet shown their claims will outweigh the harms of stopping the rule. In a filing to the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, which temporarily blocked the mandate with a nationwide stay last week, the Department of Justice said the rule is firmly grounded in law and necessary to keep people safe. The DOJ argued that the November 16th date means that the process will play out well before the first deadline for employees to get vaccinated, allowing plenty of time for preliminary motions. Bernie Bennett reporting. General Electric rose 5.3 percent after saying it would split into three companies. And those companies will be concentrating on aviation, health care, and energy. This is SRN News. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage NMLS ID 128231 Equal Housing Lender. Not licensed in all states including New York. Offer based in loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. With the holidays right around the corner, would a little extra cash come in handy? Instead of loading up those high interest credit cards, get the cash you need the smart way. With home values at all-time highs and interest rates still low, Cash Call Mortgage can help you get the cash you need from your home's equity and get a low interest rate at the same time. How does a cash-out refinance mortgage and a rate in APR in the twos sound? We'll even cover the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. Need extra holiday cash? Want to pay off high-interest debt? Or just put money away for a rainy day? Then a cash-out refi from Cash Call Mortgage is the perfect solution. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I will say one thing. You know, I really feel like right now 
might be a once in a lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them the cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Whether you're vaccinated or not, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign of COVID and the flu. So make sure you use an accurate thermometer. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and are not reliable. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. The Bible. Scholars have debated it. World leaders have quoted it. Nations have fought for it. And now you can experience it like never before. From world-shaping history to present-day events, come explore the most impactful book of all time. Inside our walls, ancient stories and modern technology come together to bring the undeniable impacts of the Bible to life. Museum of the Bible. What's in it will surprise you. Visit museumofthebible.org to learn more. We'll see an evening shower in places for tonight. Otherwise, expect partly cloudy skies at a low of 46 Partly sunny tomorrow, another pleasant day on tap with a high of 58. Thursday will be mild. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. You can expect rain at night. Thursday will reach a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the 5 o'clock hour as you make your way home. Uh, How's your uh, commute? Has traffic been light for you still? So light. Me too. It's been great. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Yeah, I do too. We don't get out of here until about, I don't know, depending on the night, 6.30... Sometimes six forty-five, so we, we miss rush hour generally. But you oh. always have the wild card of the squirrel tunnels. So oh, I sure know. do the wild card. Inside but it. like last thing. night, because I go north, I had to go through all the stadium traffic. Right, right. Last night before the game, but traffic so. is much lighter still. It's still right? seen, yeah. Wonder how downtown is. When's, when's he been downtown? I don't know. I wonder what the occupancy is like there. Not good. No, uh, I bet it's not. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Portugal has now uh, enacted new laws starting on this past Friday. Employers could face penalties for contacting workers outside of office hours. Mm -hmm. Companies will also have to pay for expenses incurred by remote working, such as higher electricity and Internet bills. Well, I think most companies are doing that anyway. Don't you think? But the idea of – now, our management is very good about this. We rarely hear – the only time I hear from management – um, after hours. After hours is when they're recommending some good TV show for me to watch. 
And so I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's good. Very happy to receive those text I mean, we'll messages. We'll get emails. If there's an emergency, you know, you know, if there's if there's a, I remember when there were breaking like serious breaking news stories. Yeah. we heard about that. Well, that's I mean that we should hear about that. But if you ever had a job where you did have a boss who abused that, have I? Mm-hmm. Never. Okay. Never. Have you? Yes. What? People oh my call- gosh! This yeah. Is- oh look at Christy's really? like and how. Like calling you at home? Sure. Saying things to you? Yes. Like what? Oh, like stuff about work. Stuff about, hey, don't forget we have this. And the, are you ready for And have you given any thought to, that's you know. That's a over the top. That's a bit Well, much. that's why Portugal passed the law, because it's over the top. Well, so then you saw the boss's number. What if you chose not to answer the phone? Well, you're in a bad position there. Because if you choose not to answer it, then you're... I mean, they could guess. Oh, I was sleeping. Well, I was other. Really than, I was living a it? life. I mean, okay, living decide? living a life is not was in my previous employment was not an appropriate was not a justifiable really? Really? reason to refuse oh, the let's, call. Wait, no, Christy here. She's the young one, twenty seven yeah, years old. You're familiar wait, with this too. Christy. People are calling you as an employee at home. Yes. So my favorite was I got an email at midnight. Yeah. I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Got a text message two hours later because I haven't responded to the email at midnight. What? At 2 a.m.? At 2 a.m. I got a text message. Saying what? crazy. Can you do something for me? Yeah. I need this done. What? At 2 a.m.? You you woke up out of your slumber? The text message woke me up. I didn't do it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Which shows that you have some healthy barrier between that craziness and your own personal life. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, so if Portugal... Is doing this, and then of course the rest of the world is going to follow suit in some degree or another. You would think well, so. Well, I don't right? know. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think if Portugal's doing it, they're saying that there's a problem in Portugal. But I don't think Portugal's like the country that's leading the charge for like any number of other. I don't know. know. I, mean, I initiatives. I spent time in Portugal. Very, very lovely country. Very yeah, lovely. but did, did, is Portugal a world leader? I slept on a roof okay. when I was in Portugal. So again, that's my my memory of Portugal sleeping up again, on a roof. I mean, I'm, you'd never find that past in America. Never what? in a jillion years. Yes, you would. No, you what? Well, okay, maybe not as a federal law. Exactly. Never. It would that would never be passed as any law, state law. Or federal. Well, they're socialists in Portugal, to be fair. <laughs> See, there you go. They are. It's true. Right. No. Well. No, there are employers, just like Christy's talking about, who feel like their uh, job is to encourage you to work harder because you're trying to get away with doing less. This is the- uh, When you're working I'll at talk, home. I'll talk about the person that, that I used to work for. And you know, his perspective was, if I wasn't working- 60 hours a week, I wasn't working enough. Now, he was paying me for 40, but the 60 just was my, uh, was the proof to him that I was really in, that I was on his team, that I was on the right train, that I really cared, that I was super invested. That's what it was. And there was no way to, you could not play the game if you weren't going to play it that way. Hmm. Whatever happened? I quit in a blaze of fire. Mm. Which was not the right choice. It was no, not the right thing to do. You quit. You ever like, so you've done that. I, I've never done that. You've never done what? Quit in a blaze of fire. Oh, yeah. Like, I so did. your anger, you were like, were you yelling? Yes, I was oh, yelling. Were you? Yep. Christy? I've never done that. I blindsided them. Blind? What's that mean? Like, they didn't know I was looking. I never said. 
Mm. And I just put Left. in two weeks. Yeah. Actually put my two weeks in while my boss was on vacation. Man, you two are rough. No. what? Listen, what I was living with and working with was outrageous. Christy, you the same? Totally agree. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I got nothing. Mm-hmm. It's Must right. be nice. I, well, exactly. I just kind of left on good terms. I don't know. I'm not saying I like to believe me. I'm not, you know. It's really good. Everyone, everybody who works for someone, you know, you always have grievances. I'm not saying it was like all peaches and roses all the time. But, you know, I mean, I know people like, you know, lose their cool. Did they call security? Well, when I got mad? Yeah. Well, listen, my Start throwing my response <laughs> was my response was the first response ever after enduring countless oh, tirades. Okay, from well my then boss. that was the problem. You let it all build up until like what you like How is that my problem? Because like you went postal. No. All of a sudden it's like Kathy, she's like shaking and nodding so, her head. What, so it wasn't a problem that he was doing that for you. Well, you should have spoken up and said, "Excuse me." Hey, wait a second. That You're is not an appropriate what? take That's, on my situation. No, why would you bottle things up until you like can't take it anymore it's not and then you go my nutty? my fault that I was working for an abusive employer. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not trying to take his side. I'm just saying. That certainly sounds like no, you are. No, it's not. No, but you know, building things up and not addressing the issue as it builds is not a proper way to like, you know, be engaged healthy. I agree. That certainly doesn't, give him, doesn't give him an excuse for being like that. But then you like lost it. You waited until it became a volcano. You, oh. I spoke up. You spoke up. Mm-hmm. Didn't help. Didn't change anything. No, it did not. So, opposite ends. Nothing changed. Mm-mm. All right. <laughs> we talk about this longer. I'm gonna get really hot. Uh-oh. So be careful. I, wait, I'm not calling you out. Uh-huh. Holy moly! Here. Yeah. No, I'm Let's just call that boss here. Right no, no, no. I think it's important. Give me his number. I think it's important though to say that people are in work situations that they don't feel like they can get out of for different reasons. I get they that. need the paycheck, of course, of course, or they need the okay from that employer to get them to another job. They need that letter of recommendation. They need that reference or whatever. And so you can't burn that bridge. And so you have but to. You did live, burn the bridge. You have to live like. That. In the I, end, I, you blew it I, up. I blew it up because I already had another job. And I did kind of what Christy did. I, I was looking for another job desperately, looking, yeah. and I just finally lost my mind. Well, don't blindside me here. I'll walk in and I'll be going, where's Kath? Oh, she's done. Okay. I'll be like, hello. Okay, that's not going to be the problem. No, all I of a sudden, be, I'll, I'll just be sitting that. here by myself. Is that enough. where this all comes from? You're speaking out of fear, John. Well, you never know. I mean, I don't want you to get mad on the air all of a sudden like you're nuts or you me. <laughs> I'm not your boss. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I'm your coworker. <laughs> oh, coming up next. How to disagree well is appropriate. Hey. As Christians, the difference is between aggressors and avoiders. Which one Perfect. are you? We didn't even plan that. There it is. 101.5 WORD. Your station for unlimited grace with Brian Chappell. If he is not who he says he is, he cannot do as he says he will do. He cannot do as he says. What does he say he came to do? Why must he be divine? The Father consecrated and sent him into the world. He came to save. Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell, weekday afternoons at 1.30 on 101.5 WORD. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? 
Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. Do you have a special event coming up in your life? A shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods? Then it's time to give the Spring House Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Are you facing yet another holiday season alone? When was the last time you met someone you were really excited about? Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. If you're looking for the answers to these questions, I've got a solution. I'm personally inviting you to join me and thousands of women just like you to my free Married in 12 Months Challenge that's happening now at lovestories.com. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months Challenge at lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. a little disagreement here on the air. No. I mean, it's hard. You know, it's, it's difficult when you're wrong, John, because then I just feel I, I think like, I was wrong. No, I think you were. Anyway, Jared Bias is back with us. He's the co-host of the popular podcast, The <laughs> Bible for Normal People. He's our couple's Author therapist. of Love Matters More. He's also going to be in town in Pittsburgh, oddly enough. That. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as yeah. well. But Jared, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Thanks so much for having me back. Yeah, my pleasure. So it's not just conflict that you're mediating. You're specifically talking about what happens when Christians disagree. Yeah, I mean, just recognizing that over the last few years, I don't know if you can relate or not, but there's just been a lot of topics that a lot of my Christian friends have been disagreeing about. Everything here has been so easy. We haven't gotten any nasty emails, no bad response on Twitter. It's been fine. good, Jared. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So this is your specialty at this moment is is well needed. Well, you know, I, I hope I hope I can be a helpful voice, which really, for me, again, comes back to that. The, the book that I wrote, the title says it all for me, that love matters more. Yeah. But that that's easy to say. And I, I think the conversation around love needs to keep happening. But then we get, you know, the devil's in the details. What do we mean by love? And how does that relate to conviction and standing up for what we believe and all of those things? Um, but I think there are some basic communication skills that we could you know, have in our arsenal that might help us have these conversations oh, better. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Know, well, no, so th- this is probably pretty common that in the church today, right, Some a lot of people have already gone back to church, but there's been a percentage of people who do not come back, which would include, you know, your friends and people that you, you've been with for a long time. And so 
for the most part, there's not even conflict. There's just zero communication. Those people have disappeared. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair. And I think that's a whole different conversation of how do we engage those people and and, you know, have the have the conversation about about coming back into fellowship okay. and relationship. All right. Yeah. All right. So if we're talking about communication strategies, um, which you say are essential, you know, starting off, like where do we begin this conversation, whether it's someone who hasn't, you haven't seen since before COVID, maybe it's a friend from church or whatever, or maybe it's somebody that you're related to. It's a sibling or it's a spouse or it's, you know, a friend from church or whatever it is. Um, Give me a couple, I don't know, a couple, like, what's the groundwork? What, what, what is it that we have to agree on first before we can move forward? Well, I think one important thing, and I talk about this quite a bit is, is just humility. Um, I think that's really important that we can engage with someone with those. Uh, I say it's four uh, very powerful words. I could be wrong, and I think that's really hard for us to say when we're very passionate about it. And it's okay to be passionate about something and still admit that we could be wrong. I, you can ask my wife. There's been lots of things in my life I've been very certain about, very passionate about, and still been wrong about. So I think if we can start from there, where we begin with the idea that I could be wrong, but I think that it actually is a deeper layer of where do we find our identity? And it's been troubling to me that more and more people seem to be finding their identity in particular uh, sets of beliefs um, or politics or other things instead of finding our identity in in Christ. What does that actually mean to have our identity in Christ? And can we start from that, which for me is a place of, of humility? Listen, I couldn't love that anymore. I feel like hum- a lack of humility is at the root of just about every Twitter argument that you come up with is that people are either certain about their theology, they're certain about their denomination, they're certain about their background, they're certain about your response and what your response meant you meant to me and what your response tells me about the kind of person you are. And it just, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's like a death spiral. But the difference is that's online versus people in, you know in, in your congregation but lack of humility right it's it's, got, it's the same thing yeah absolutely and uh, yeah lack of humility i think is is one of these critical um players but I, you know i think with that people still ask the question well then how do you stand up for for what you believe and i think again it's it's having this distance between what we believe and and who we are and being able to create that distance so we can have conversations and not have it be so personal Right. about you're attacking me. Um, and so where there is also humility, there's also a confidence there um, where we can be confident in who we are. And it's interesting that the people I find who have the most confidence have the most peace and are tend to be the least reactive. Like they're not upset or threatened by someone who disagrees with them. They can be at peace with that and understand that maybe it's not their responsibility or job. I know this is maybe sacrilege, but there will always be people wrong on the internet um, and it's not necessarily that's our such, responsibility to correct them all. Oh, to wow. correct them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I think we talked to you about first when we met you is why do we feel the need to like go online and correct everybody who we think is wrong about stuff? What's that? Or well, not think, only online I, or what about even in life? Yeah. Well, I think again, not to get too heady, but I think it comes from our, we, over the last several hundred years in, in the church, we've privileged our thinking. So when we ask what it means to be a Christian, it's really about these ascents in our head of what we believe. So we have these belief statements. Um, But when I read the New Testament, there's a lot more about, you know, that we'll know by their fruits. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and we know by the way we love one another. Mm -hmm. And that for me is much more tangible and concrete and material. And so what does it look like for, for instance, my mom and I would disagree on some the theological points that we're very passionate about. And yet we can come together and love each other because we prioritize our relationship and our love for one another over disagreeing about beliefs. And, and that's, it's tricky. It's not as easy as, as all that. But I think for me, that's, you know, where do we prioritize relationships and love versus, you know, these lists of belief that have become so center to our identity? Okay, Joe, but what if you're one of these people who, you know, you're at odds with a brother, a sister in Christ at church, but you're not the guy who wants to engage in rancor, right? There's different personality types that are, you know, prohibiting us from engaging fully. That's part of the problem as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think that's really important to where we start. And so another key thing for us in these conversations, it, you know, communication experts will talk about aggressors versus accommodators or avoiders of conflict. And so knowing where we stand, the advice for how to be more Christ-like could actually be different because for me, I'm an aggressor. And so this, whenever the Bible says, you know, for instance, in Mark 10, where James and John are like muscling their way to the front of the line and who's going to be at the front, who's going to be at the right hand and left hand. And Jesus is like, don't lead like that. You have to learn how to serve people. And so the greatest needs to be the least. You need to be the servant of all. Someone like me needs to hear that message because I'm an aggressor. I'm going to be the person who, you know, uh, tries to get to the front and I'm always going to give you my opinion and I want to prove that you're wrong. But some people avoid conflict and they're accommodators. They're just going to say, yep, I agree with you. I'm not going to engage in this because it's too difficult. Um, and so for them to hear Mark 10, they're going to be like, okay, I guess I need to be more quiet. I need to run away more. I need to not have a voice even more, which I don't think is is helpful. So understanding the context of who we are and who the Bible is speaking to, right? So in that passage, he's speaking to James and John, um, not accommodators. Yeah. So knowing who we are in the context of the Bible, I think we're always trying to figure out how do we meet needs of both parties, um, the, meet the needs of the aggressor and the accommodator and not let just one person where the loudest voice wins out. That's good. Jared Bias is the co-host of the podcast, The Bible for Normal People, and author of Love Matters More. Um, he's going to be here in Pittsburgh in just a little bit. We'll talk about that before the end of our time together. Um, Jared, I want to bring up, uh, you were talking about, you know, the aggressor and the avoider. And I was thinking, I was combining your label of aggressor and you, you saying that you tend to be that way with um, that humble phrase, but I could be wrong. So that changes, it makes the aggressor a lot less aggressive. If you have a point of view, but you're willing to say, okay, this is what I think. And I really think that that's right. However, I could be wrong. Yeah. And for me, again, as an aggressor, that's been a great tool. If I'm in a conversation with someone, because I can come across very passionate, that it's very disarming and it opens up conversation just by even saying those four words, I could be wrong. And, and that invites more participation and, and more dialogue. But you also have to believe it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. That's why the humility right. is no the snark. anchor point of this. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. You can't just say mm -hmm. it, you know, so that you can get the right response right. because but then it won't be because then it won't work. Right. The point well, is, that's a, is well, I, that's a great point, because I think another thing is understanding how much of this is about trying to control other people. So if we're manipulating the conversation, we're being disingenuous, then that's a form of control. And I don't think that's going to help when we're talking about having these hard conversations. That's where things get ratcheted up as we each try to 
take control of our part of the, the puzzle. Right. Okay. So, Jared, I think probably at no time in history, although I'm sure I could be wrong, um, <laughs> has the church reflected the, the essential meltdown in society, right? I mean, society is, we are deep at odds with each other. There's been people talking about a civil war, which seems like crazy. But, you know, you know what the church is like as well. We reflect society in some way. Is there... There's got to be a silver lining to all this. There's got to be, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. Of course, as believers in Christ, there is that. But while we're going through this process, are you hopeful that we can achieve some modicum of civility and hear each other and come out the other end? I I am hopeful of that. And I think the more I spend time with human beings face-to-face again after COVID, the more hopeful I am. I think social media gives us a uh, both a medium where it's true, but also this outsized viewpoint where everyone seems to be screaming at each other all the time. But the churches that I'm a part of and these workshops that I've been doing, it's people who are different um, and who disagree deeply about important things that are willing to sit across from each other and actually hear each other and listen and have you know what Paul says in, in Ephesians when he says, talking, speaking the truth in love. Before that, he talks about bearing with one another in love and that sense of forbearance where we can be patient with each other Rather than black or white, you're either on my side or you're not. And if right. you're not, you get canceled. Um, I see that more when I'm face-to-face with people. And so that's been hopeful for sure. Yeah. Good. All right. All right. So, Jared, you're headed to Pittsburgh. Yeah, and what's that about? We just kind of reached out to you and didn't know the coincidence of you coming into town. Tell us the story. Oh, that's funny. I didn't realize that it was a, no, a it coincidence. Was, yeah. I thought it – oh, that's great. Yeah, so um, as you know, with COVID and everything, uh, my book, Love Matters More, came out right in the middle of all that. And I didn't get a chance to go see people um, face-to-face. So I've been doing what I call the redo tour. So I've been traveling East Coast um, this fall. And my last stop is in Pittsburgh um, this weekend. So Saturday, I, I've been doing a workshop very much on what we're talking about today. Practical things, how to set boundaries, how to set ground rules, humility, um, what happens when we disagree with family members and close friends, and how do we navigate that? So I have an hour and a half workshop on that, which is really practical, interactive. Um, and then I'll be preaching on on Sunday morning as well. And where will you be? At First United Methodist Church, uh, Pittsburgh. In Center, on Center Avenue. Very okay. good. So uh, the workshop is on Saturday. Then you were preaching on Sunday morning. Fabulous, Jared. Well, uh, well, sir- well, welcome to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I hope you have. Have Thank you been you. here before? Uh, not, not to, I've been through, I'll say. I've been through Pittsburgh. At the airport. Yeah. Where are you coming in from? Uh, from Philadelphia. Oh, oh well, you, you know, Jared. then fine. You're fine. I mean, this this is when you're going to realize that you're home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's going to be like, Jared. I mean, we may be wrong, but we're probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably not on this one. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. Awesome. Good Thanks, stuff. Jared. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Our pleasure. Yeah. That's Jared Bias. Listen, his book is on my desk. I keep it there at work. It's just so good. It's called Love Matters More. you got to check it out. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. 
So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air. We're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing, and we can use your help. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. Hello, Word FM listeners. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the Careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service and we are required to do so regardless of your position on these issues please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard we'll see an evening shower in places for tonight otherwise expect partly cloudy skies at a low of 46 partly sunny tomorrow another pleasant day on tap with a high of 58 Thursday will be mild. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. You can expect rain at night. Thursday will reach a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Squeeze bottles. That might be ketchup, relish, another condiment like mayonnaise. Could be something totally different, like shampoo. Maybe it's a, what do you call that? Like, it's not shower gel. Oh, body Could be that. Well, you're asking me if it makes sense? I'm asking you. I believe it leads to overuse. Overuse of the product? Yeah. Because so, of gravity? No, like, you know, like I'm in the shower and I get some shampoo and I go, I meant to get like a dime's worth. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I got 50 cents worth. Mm-hmm. So I think probably manufacturers go, yeah, we, we kind of like that because, you know, we're going to sell more over the long run. Uh, there is an ease to it. I'll, however, I do miss tapping the ketchup bottle. The glass ketchup bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But generally, yeah, it makes sense. Do you think it makes sense? 
Absolutely not. What? Not even a little bit. I hate it. What? You guys, I'm over it. I'm. Uh, how I'm, many times do we have to live with the squeezing of the relish when all that comes out is relish juice? Well, that's that's your choice, that's though. Disgusting. You can buy relish in a bottle. That's disgusting. That's why, but there shouldn't be squeezed bottle relish. Well, when you're on a picnic, it doesn't make sense. Is what I'm saying. It's a mm. segment we're in, John. That's what I mean. I also think that the shampoo in the squeeze bottle doesn't make sense. I don't think that makes sense. I'd rather have like maybe a pumper on oh, top. Oh, I hate the pump. And then after the, the pumper, pump. then you just pour it out. That I don't think I thing. need the squeeze. Does the pump make sense? I'll unequivocally no. It is doesn't that where you're sense. going? No. Okay. okay it doesn't. Here's where I'm going. This might be basic, but I'm going there, and I like this a lot. Oh, I just gave it away. Does this make sense? <laughs> the three-way light bulb. Oh. Bingo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tell me, does it make sense yes. to you? Yes. 100%. I think it's genius. It is. It's a great idea. My light bulb, though, three-way light bulb that I use all the time was broken. I turn on, it'd be like, whoa! I'm like, if I visited the surface of the sun, I don't need that much. No, and now I've I've wouldn't change it. Click. Oh, nice and dim. Little click. Oh, better. Click. Oh, that. Okay, but let me ask you an I important like question. Click. And it totally makes sense. Huh. Does your fixture have to have that? Yeah. Okay. You need a three-way light so bulb. So you can't fixture. put a three-way light bulb in a regular I, fixture and I have it. I don't think so. No, no, because it just goes on and off. You need to buy a three-click. Three yeah, yeah. I like a three-click. Do you have one? Do you yes. Use it? Oh, yeah. Yes, I have it in my front room. I use yeah. it all the time. Which is almost as good as having a dimmer, dimmer switch, which makes perfect sense as well. The dimmer is the most sensible thing ever. I, I agree. History of electricity. Mm-hmm. Like, once it was discovered, the dimmer should have been right on the heels of it. But you're saying the squeeze bottle relish no, the doesn't squeeze make sense? No, abso- no squeeze bottle. How about that first flush of little weird juice? Hate it. What's going on there? 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. All the condemnation that you and I deserve was leveled on him when he died on the cross. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, what a truth that is. How that should liberate us and free us. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Romans 8, the greatest chapter in the Bible. Next time on Turning Point. This evening at 730 on 101.5 WORD. Students, do you want to make an eternal difference in the lives of your friends? Do you want to let the students in your school know just how much God loves them? Your school is full of students who need to hear about Jesus. The really good news? You don't have to do that alone. An outreach club is a great way for you to connect with other student believers in your school who are just like you. Students who want to meet, connect, and share God's love together. Didn't know you could do that, huh? Well, you can. The Equal Access Act passed by Congress provides a legal way for students to pray together, worship together, and share Christ together in their schools. Want to know how? Easy. Visit www.outreachclubs.com or call 724-439-1011 to learn more about starting something at your school. That's outreachclubs.com or at 724-439-1011. Outreachclubs.com, a ministry of Teens for Christ. With today's technology, anyone can take a video, but getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. McQueen Building Company. 
It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. You rent or you lease? Uh, well, I've rented. Oh. And Same I've thing. owned. It, it's, it's a different way of looking at things. Yes. You pay a lot more attention to the holes you put in the wall. When you get a landlord. You know when, you're, when you own it yourself because you can't. Oh, no, no. I, th- I think the opposite in some way. Like, you know, because I, I don't want to lose my security deposit. Wow, really? Right? Okay. I don't want to lose. The, hey, no, man. I had some kind of outsized confidence that I'd be able to. Fix it all up. Or to convince them to give me my security Oh, no, I was always like, be careful, please. I've got a friend. Listen, this is weird. I've got a friend who's like a photographer. Seriously, you go to his apartment, he has nothing hanging on the walls. He's a photographer. He's got like 60 frames on the floor leaning against the wall because he's prohibited from hanging anything up on the walls. I would hate that. Lose your security deposit. Okay, so how does the security deposit figure in if we're going to take this and make it into like a Christian metaphor for life? Yeah. Eugene Park is with us, Pastor Park. He joins us as associate pastor of True North Church in Palo Alto, California. He did write a piece called Don't Lease Your Faith. Eugene, welcome back. How are things? Good, good. Always good to talk to you guys. Good to talk to you, too. We miss you on Zoom, but we'll trust that you're well, even if we don't see your face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, Eugene, what's the difference between leasing your faith and owning it? Um, I, a big difference, and I, you know, in the piece, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't rent because I live in the Bay Area, so I still rent uh, an apartment. I can't afford it, but you know, I think it's a helpful image and, and metaphor uh, for our faith. You know, one thing I've always pondered about is if I'm renting my apartment and I see a crack in the wall, um, I, I could honestly care less, as you guys mentioned, as long as I can get my deposit back, mm-hmm. as long as I can just cover it up really quick. Um, but I remember for my parents when we owned a house, um, if there was a crack, that there was a different type of anxiety because it's something that they owned. Mm-hmm. And I realized even with our faith, I wonder sometimes if we do see cracks, if we do see some slippage or whatever it may be, that I think if you lease your faith, um, so often you don't take the care that you should um, as you own something like like a piece of property. Okay, very good. All right, so what's a, um, an example of people who are leasing their faith? I mean... Um... So, oh, I know. You write in your piece about celebrities, right? That we look at celebrities now, right? The celebrities are the new saints, are they not? Yeah, yeah. That's it's a quote from a, a friend and a pastor named John Mark Comer. Um, he he said, I think it was out of a conference that he was teaching, and he said, um, uh, "We as evangelicals, we, we traded saints for celebrities," and I find that to be so true. And and the thing with celebrities is, um, so often it's so easy to write 
ride the coattails of a celebrity pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, not, and I'm speaking this specifically even as a pastor. I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about plagiarizing sermons, which I think, you know, it's inevitable with podcasting be more available. But the, the thing is, one thing I wondered is, I think even as pastors, like we, we love Tim Keller, John Piper, and we can hear the sermons all the time. And so often, like me, as this preacher, it's easy on a Saturday night when you're just lost to, to pop on a quick, quick, you know, best hits from Tim Keller and to borrow, quote-unquote, some of his parts of the sermon. Yeah. And I wondered, like, how much can we really blame our church people for deconstructing when I wonder even if they're being fed a, a, a least faith, if that makes sense? Sure. Sure, because— if and we love Tim. Tim's a friend of ours. We just talked to him last week, um, and he's an absolutely fabulous preacher and a wonderful writer. But he's not my pastor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Tim's my mm-hmm. friend, but he's not my pastor. He's not John's mm-hmm. pastor. And mm-hmm. if you listen to somebody enough or watch their podcast, it kind of tricks you into thinking that they're your pastor. Except it's not the same kind of church relationship. You're not like Tim's not relying <laughs> on John and I to show up Sunday morning yeah. early so that we can, you know, fill the deacon bags. Like he, he's, you know what I mean? We don't have that kind of relationship. And if I'm in the hospital, Tim's not going to come visit me. Right. Or he's not going to call my mom. But but I could have an outsized influence of Tim in my life if I just listened to Tim sermons and then only checked into my local church once every month or two. Yeah, I think that's a really good point and actually a danger that, oh, and, you know, I even know people that live that way that, oh, I go to church, you know, I just listen to a sermon. And I even going back to the renting metaphor that it, it kind of. You know, some people rent, for example, a nice car to give the appearance of I'm owning this car, that I can live this lifestyle. But I think one thing that I wrote in my piece is a lease always ends. If you don't put the hard work to own whatever property you have, uh, you're not going to be able to have it forever at that rate. And I think the same with our faith, that if you are leasing your pastor online, if you're leasing your faith to someone that's just comfortable to what you want, you never have to deal with in person. Well, there's so many times when just reality hits you and your faith will end just like any other lease. Okay, good. So if I'm not going to lease my faith, Eugene, and I get that point, then how do I own it? I mean, what, you know, instead of me going to the celebrity pastor or just showing up part time, really, I want to embrace my faith. When you see people who do that, what do they do well? well? Yeah, no, I, you know, and I don't have like a set answer. I, I just think it's, it's one thing that we should think about. I, I do think some pointers might be. You know, how much of our own faith is constructed on our own time? You know, no, 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 no Dr. Piper asking him on, you know, in the background, yeah. no commentaries. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I, as a pastor, I really enjoy them. But you as an individual disciple and Christian, do you have time on your own with just you and the Bible and just prayer? Like, is that space even available for that? I think that's one thing. And on the flip side, too, and I think I mentioned this in an article, I'm not trying to promote, you know, a friend called it uh, a DIY faith or you just do it on your own as well. And, and this is the thing. When you own a house or you want to, um, at least for me, I can't do that by myself. Like, I, I don't know how mortgages work. I'm not that smart. I, I need a real estate agent. I need the counsel of some friends. If something breaks in the house, yeah. um, there's an extent to what I can fix it. But there are times when I have to call in others to help. So at the same time, I think owning your faith is also this communal endeavor that's pushing yourself not to your comfort levels, but to really, you know, just do the hard work of owning and building your faith uh, just through your own work. Uh, you know, I think Philippians says, are you working out your own salvation in fear? I, I wonder if any of us are really doing that these days. Yeah. 
Eugene Park is with us, uh, associate professor of True North Church in Palo Alto, California, and host of a podcast called Off the Pulpit. Um, Eugene, let me let me continue uh, talking about Tim. Um, so, just using Tim as an example. Um, I think one of the other issues is when you see someone who becomes a celebrity Christian to you. So, you know, whether that's, you know, maybe for some people that's Beth Moore, maybe for some people that's Shane Claiborne or uh, it's Tim Keller or it's John Piper, whoever it is. And then you see the different uh, arguments that they get into online. Well, this, in particular, this happens on Twitter, but you can see it on Facebook, too. And mm-hmm. then you see the people in the comment section pile on, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we've gotten to know Tim over the last, I don't know, year and a half or so. He joins us on a regular basis. But if people pick on Tim online, which people do all the time, if I see that and I think, well, you know, that's not right. That's not the way he is or that's not what he's saying. I think that's one thing. But if I tend to say, well, I'm on Tim's team, Right. He's the right one. And all those guys are wrong. And then I start piling on them. All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. it's not about us seeking Jesus together. It's the fact that somehow I feel like my tribe. Yeah. Tim's my tribal leader. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I I think that's a danger. Not even a danger. That's just a reality um, and, and a splintering of the church that we see today. And, and to your point, I, mean, I, I, I don't, you know, there's, there's millions of articles on, on how to do this and how to go about this. But I think one thing I've always noticed is just the observation is, man, Twitter, uh, any, any non-physical, even, even let's just compare Twitter to Zoom, even the fact that you can anonymously, you know, write things, oftentimes without consequence. Um, as a Christian, I wonder if that's the best way to devote a lot of our time. Because is, is yeah. Twitter or Facebook really a space where you're... Um, you know, slow to anger and quick to listen. It, it, it promotes the opposite, right? Uh, it, it, that's how the algorithms work. So, you know, there's been a lot of work, and I'm sure you've interviewed people um, on this, but I do think, man, and we talked about this before, um, I think on a previous month, but there needs to be more work done on how to disciple our members, on how to use these mediums, right? Because oftentimes it's so binary, just, oh, is it good or bad? And, and let's go from there. But it's a gray space. It, it, it is what it is. It's here for good. And it, you know, if I'm honest, it's been splintering the church, um, two tribes. So I just wonder, man, we need to just have more times for dialogue. And I just don't know where you can find that in a more virtual, you know, as we see a meta world coming, um, what will that look like? I, I, I kind of just shudder at what that will do to the church as well. Mm-hmm. The meta world. I've been reading about this. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Eugene, right? So we're going to leave the physical world and we're all going to become memes in a, a, a someplace else and, uh, it's just hard to imagine, but everyone's telling us this is uh, going to happen. It's already, you know, and splintered in some way, but the world's going to change, huh? Yeah, and, and it, you know, it will. And there, there was such an interesting tweet that I, you know, and this is, you know, there, there are some humorous blessing parts of Twitter. And I think it was a Christian uh, Twitter user where he said, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is one of the richest men in the world, and he has every comfort you can think of. Right. And yet what he's creating is a space to escape all that he has because it's still not filling him. Yeah. And I just thought, man, that just speaks like a parable to our time. So I, I do think, you know, this the meta world is coming uh, where, you know, alternate reality and, and virtual reality is another thing that we we'll have to think about. But, you know, as a church, I, I don't want to be historically behind on these things as we often have been. And just start dialoguing, too, about, well, what will that look like? And I'm sure there's been good pieces, you know, on TGC about that. 
But I do think generally just when you think about it, man, it's just another observation of how much humanity wants more and they are so often just ignoring that it's right in front of them and often inside of them in the spirit of God. Listen, it's, hap- it's an affliction that it's the, it's the human condition, right? Is that mm-hmm. we're, just, we're just not satisfied with what with we have, anything. which, you know, as C.S. Lewis said famously, you know, that gives us an indication that we were made for something more. We were made for a different place. Yeah, and you know, like, this is why I think Ecclesiastes is a book that oftentimes I don't think is talked about enough, but it has so much, I think, power and impact for our time and our time to come uh, because of the just just the brutal wisdom and honesty it has just to the, you know, realities of life. Man, it's something that the 21st Western Christian person really needs to hear that all is vanity, you know, and, and with that reality, well, what can we do with it and how does Jesus kind of fit into that? That's good. Eugene, it's always a pleasure. Always fun. Thank you. Yeah, no, good to talk to you. Hope you guys are well. You yep. as well. You too. That's Eugene Park. You should check him out. The podcast off the pulpit is a ton of fun. Really interesting. Um, he's from uh, True North Church in Palo Alto, California. Very nice. Well, step away. Uh, this day in history, if I had a hammer, that's coming up next. Remember the kids game Telephone? The teacher would whisper in the first kid's ear, I have a purple giraffe named Lucy. And then each kid would whisper that to the next kid to see if the message could make it to the end. At the end, little Johnny would of course yell out, my paper airplane is storming your Barbie castle. It's Ryan. And the point I'm trying to make is sometimes middlemen can create problems. At United Faith Mortgage, an important thing about us is that we have a direct lender advantage. We are an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. For you, this often allows us to get your loan done faster. And because we lend with our company's money, we can often get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court in Melville, New York. I'm list number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people. But it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at mcqueenbuildingcompany.com. As the world changes in an era of crisis, families throughout America are experiencing instability, fear, and great loss. While many are searching for answers in places of desperation, the position and mission of the church has never been more clear. It's time for us to leave the buildings and saturate the streets with redemptive hope and the love of Jesus. Saturate USA is a movement of churches and believers across America, uniting as one to reach every home with the love of the gospel. At SaturateUSA.org, you and your church can join the movement by adopting a zip code and receiving free neighborhood maps and evangelistic materials, including Jesus Film DVDs with free online streaming. Simply mobilize your volunteers, assemble your saturation packs with free materials and your own church's information, and then send out teams to distribute to homes. Let's partner together and see every zip code in America adopted for Christ. Join the movement at SaturateUSA.org. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance 
so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. It's an amazing day in history, actually. An amazing day in history. Shocking what happened. Um, So the Berlin Wall was a fixture uh, not just of Germany, but it was a fixture of the world as we knew it. Yeah. It it lived in people's minds. Was it 1962? Something like that. I don't remember the date off the top of my head. I think it was 60. Okay. Somewhere there. 61, 62. But it was on this date. November 9th, um, as the Cold War began to thaw across Eastern Europe, um, the spokesman for East Berlin's Communist Party, John, announced a, <laughs> announced a change in his city's relations with the West. Starting at midnight that day, he said, citizens of the GDR were free to cross the country's borders. Do you remember what year that was? Uh, 86. Nine. Okay. 89. Well, he was actually wrong. That's so heartening. It just makes me feel better, John, you. that you're wrong every once in a while. Um, when it comes to dates. I right, mean, right. <laughs> that, I'm right. wrong. Yeah, about other stuff. Everything. Uh, the Berlin Wall was a physical symbol of something that was an ideological struggle. That goes without saying. But the photographs and the video of that day. The joy is so interesting. I have a friend who um, I've known since high school, and she ended up in, uh, I think she was in Austria the night before. She was in the PM of November 8th, Hmm. 1989. And so there were rumblings that this was coming. And so she and a group of friends got in a car and they drove to Berlin and she has photographs of the, uh, miles of cars of people that were on their way into the city because they heard it was going to happen and they wanted to be a part of it. That I mean, is. her photographs just it. I mean, I was so far from that. You know, I was here. It was a news story. Yep. It wasn't life. It wasn't it, it wasn't a change in my future. It wasn't a, a difference in my outlook. It was just a news story. But for them... For Germans? It was everything. And the weird thing is, we have friends who are German, and they talk about it still in terms of, essentially, us and them. Those people from East Germany versus us from West Germany. Because when that wall went up, I mean, it imprisons hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. It divided sure. a country right down the middle. And there was a real sharp division of the haves and the have-nots. Right. And, you know, the East Germans, they essentially lived in poverty. Yeah. I mean, they were cut off from the world. And, you know, it became and they were part li- of them. And they were living in the ruins of World War Two. Right. Because Russia had absolutely, the Soviet Union had absolutely no interest in... Rebuilding. Rehabbing the place. No. You know, getting rid of the, you know, relics of the war. I mean, remember that. I mean, this didn't happen on that day, but, you know, Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down, down that, that wall, wall, right? Peter Robinson's yeah. words. And when it he happened, was the it was fabulous. I mean, it really, it was shocking to see the thing. Because I remember being a kid. I think most kids, you know, you grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and you thought, 
Well, that is so weird. How can a country be inward against itself, mm-hmm. right? And so there was a fascination about that, of the idea of like, especially from a, you know, a young boy's perspective, of like no man's land and people building tunnels underneath the ground to, you know, to uh, escape, to go to freedom or people t- trying to make a run for it and being right. shot in the process. I mean, just shocking. People will do anything to be free and we take it for granted. I mentioned Peter Robinson's name. He uh, was the speechwriter who wrote those words, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall for President Reagan. And I heard him uh, in an anniversary a couple of years ago talking about those words and how they were bitterly contested with people who were part of Reagan's cabinet. They did not want him to use that. Mm. They didn't want to be. But Peter Robinson had gotten them from a woman who lived in Berlin. Fabulous. He was visiting and he said, what would you say? And she'd say, I'd say, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And Reagan, the actor... Man, he sold it. He but you know it what? It wasn't until a couple nights before when he finally decided he was going to actually say the words. Fabulous. Anyway, happy Freedom Day for all Germans, for everyone who everyone. lives free in this world. Yes. Have yourself a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.